All right, so today we're continuing our sermon series, the sermon that turned the world upside down. And I, I'm just going to dig right into the text. I think you'll see pretty quickly how that plays out today. It's Matthew 5, 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. I'm going to ask you how many times you've actually seen the opposite of that. Where it was not somebody who was meek, but somebody who was very self-serving. Somebody who was very uh, arrogant and willing to run over anybody. How many times have you seen them be the ones who gain an inheritance? I watched a lot of Dateline growing up. I was a weird kid. I liked news shows. Seems like every other Dateline episode on Friday night was about how some person had worked their way into this family and had ended up taking the inheritance that was rightly these people's children's. And instead, whoever this person was, it could have been someone who was just a friend or someone who was the opposite sex who worked their way into this person's life, gained their trust, and in the end, they got the inheritance and the children were left with very little. Or if it wasn't someone from outside the family, sometimes it was someone inside the family. One sibling who was very self-serving, who worked their way in and gained more of an inheritance than the rest of their siblings. Unfortunately, I saw this play out in my own family when my grandfather died. Uh, he had left one of my aunts as the executor of the estate. He... Uh, had put his trust in her, thinking that she would take care of her siblings and do the, the will exactly how it was supposed to be done so that everybody got their share of the inheritance. And instead, she might moved half of her family into one of my grandfather's houses and half of her family into my grandfather's other, his other house and then proceeded to just live off of his wealth and she didn't really execute the will as she was supposed to. You would look at her actions and you would say she was not very meek, and yet she was the one who gained more than her fair share of the inheritance. But that's what Jesus says here, upside down of how we see the rest of the world working. Right? Jesus said, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. And if you were listening that day, you probably would have gone, what? That doesn't make any sense to me. I've seen the opposite. Frank Zappa even wrote a song mocking this. He said he wrote a song that was entitled, The Meek Shall Inherit Nothing. I think if we were to, to look at things just naturally, we would agree with Frank Zappa. Say that's not what we've seen in our life. We don't see the meek gaining an inheritance. We see the strong-willed. We see those who are willing to do anything at any cost to gain an inheritance. We see them getting that inheritance. All right, so when we hear that, I think it kind of draws us back, not only because that's the opposite of what we've seen in life, but also because to be meek is not really something that's esteemed in our eyes. 
Nobody looks at that guy and goes, look at them, they are meek. I want to be just like that guy. Don't you want to be like the meek guy over there? No, nobody wants to, to be like that guy. Think of people that we look up to around here. David Ortiz, a great baseball player, not a very meek guy. Right? Uh, think after a game one day, he called out the scorers because he felt he deserved a hit. And he just calls them out in public and not in a very nice way. Okay? Think of guys, now I know this guy is no longer here, but Kevin Garnett, great basketball player, not very meek. Right? I remember one game, he was injured. He is on the sidelines in a suit and tie. And he gets up and he is getting in an opposing player's face during the game. It, that's not a very meek guy, but he's someone that a lot of people look up to and say, look at all the success he's had. That's something I want to be like. But Jesus tells us, blessed are the meek. And if Jesus is telling us that the meek are blessed, then we should want to be meek. So what does it look like to be meek? I know that in my mind when I think of the word meek, it has a really negative connotation. I think of somebody who's sitting off over in the corner, trying not to be noticed, trying not to cause any waves. If somebody tells them to do something, they're just immediately, yes sir, yes ma'am, I'll do whatever. I just don't want to cause trouble. Please leave me alone. That's what I think of when I think of someone who's meek. And I go, that's not really someone I want to be like. And so part of our problem is that we have this negative connotation of what it means to be meek. And um, I want to give you the Merriam-Webster definition of meek because I think it will help us get rid of that negative connotation and get to what the true definition of being meek is. To be meek is having or showing a quiet or a gentle nature. A quiet or gentle nature. It doesn't say anything about being a complete pushover. It doesn't say anything about being a coward in here. That's, I know what comes to my mind when I think of someone who is me. It's just as someone who has a quiet or a gentle nature. I really think that gets a better picture at what Jesus is pointing to here when he says that. Because if Jesus meant the other kind of meek that I think of, and I'm sure many of you think of as well, if that's what he meant, and that's what he wanted his followers to be, is cowardly and just shaking in a corner, then the gospel would never get preached to anybody. Churches would never be planted if that was what was meant by being meek. Because it takes a lot of courage to proclaim something is controversial and something is violently rejected as the gospel. And so I want us to stick with this definition that it's showing a quiet or gentle nature. And if you have that connotation of being kind of a coward who's in the corner, being meek, I want you to push that out of your mind. Now, another reason I, I'm sure that that's not what Jesus was getting to is that Jesus uses the same word to describe himself. If you were to jump forward in Matthew to Matthew 11:28 and 29, Jesus has this to say. 
Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. When he says, I am gentle, that's the same word that is translated as meek in Matthew 5. 5. So it's the same word, it got translated two different ways, but there are some translations, uh, the New American Standard, for example, who translate Matthew 5.5 5 as, Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. So I want us, again, to have that mind. Think of Jesus. Jesus wasn't a coward. Jesus wasn't a pushover. But he was gentle. Think of people who came to him, who were just wretched, wretched people. People looked at all these people coming to Jesus and said, Look at those low lives that are surrounding Jesus. How about the woman at the well in Samaria? All right, she comes, she's talking to Jesus, and Jesus tells her exactly what her sins are. He says, you've been married five times, and the man you're living with now is not your husband. All right? Now, how does, where does Jesus go from there? Jesus looks at her, and He then reveals who He is to her. He says, I am the Messiah. See, that's Jesus being gentle. Alright? Uh, how about the woman who comes and is washing Jesus' feet with her tears and with her hair? And she's pouring perfume on his feet. And she, everybody knows her reputation. See, if Jesus knew who that woman was, he would not let her anywhere near him. She is a great sinner. And Jesus knows that. He says, I know she's a sinner. Her, her sins are many. But what does he do? He's gentle. He's gentle on how he corrects the people around him and their bad attitudes during that time. And he's also gentle towards the woman. He tells her her sins are forgiven. Jesus has been gentle towards each one of us. When we have come to Jesus, what have we received from Him? When we come to faith in Him, He doesn't reject us. He doesn't punish us. Instead, He offers forgiveness for our sins. So Jesus is gentle. Jesus is meek. And so when we were talking about blessed are the meek, I want you to picture Jesus. He did it perfectly. Okay, so Jesus describes himself as gentle or meek. We are called to be meek. He says, blessed are the meek. Great. How do we become that? Because it's not natural for us to be meek. For many of us, some people have a nice, natural, meek or gentle disposition. I wasn't one of those. And I'm sure many of you are sitting there going, I'm not one of those either. So, how do we become meek? What does it look like us, look like for us to be meek? And again, I already hit the first point. Look at Jesus. You want to become meek? Start looking at Jesus. Read how he was towards people. 
Certainly there were times where he had righteous anger and he stood up and made a scene about that. But look how Jesus was with those who came to him. Putting their faith in him. No matter what they'd done. Jesus was meek. He was gentle. And if you think that you deserve more or you deserve better, remember that Jesus was the Son of God. He left His home in heaven to come down to earth to hang out with a bunch of men and women who were just outcast, who were, again, looked down upon. And you don't see Him reacting violently toward them or making them serve Him. Instead, He said, I came to serve them. I came to give my life as a ransom for many. That is Jesus being meek and gentle. So that's where us becoming meek, becoming gentle needs to start. Looking at Jesus. All right, secondly, I would say that meekness comes from a healthy spiritual life. In other words, it comes from spending time listening to and obeying the Holy Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, towards the end, uh, Paul, as he's writing to the church in Galatia, makes two lists. And the first list he makes are the traits or the characteristics of a person who chases after their own desires, what they want, what they need, and they do it at all costs. And that's their main driving force. You know what the traits are of someone who, who lives their life that way? I'll give you some of them. Jealousy. That, you could easily say, will lead to the opposite of someone being meek. Alright, rivalries. If you are in a rivalry with someone, you're probably not being very meek towards them. Outburst of anger. Right? Someone who is meek, you are not going to see have an outburst of anger. And so all of these are a result of chasing after what we naturally want. Making that be our guide instead of God and His Holy Spirit be our guide. The second list Paul starts and gives us in Galatians 5 is that of a person who lives their life according to the Spirit of God, according to the Holy Spirit. And as he is listing those traits of someone who does that, one of the traits he lists is gentleness. Again, it's the same word in some older translations. You will read that instead of saying gentleness, it will say meekness. It's the same word. So if we want to become meek, we are going to have to pursue the things of God by the power of His Holy Spirit. We're going to do that in prayer. We're going to do that in reading our Bibles and taking it in and letting it change us. And in listening, when the Holy Spirit convicts us of things, we're going to listen. And these things will lead to meekness. It's a product of living a life that is guided not by our own desires, but guided by the Holy Spirit. All right, and lastly, meekness comes from trusting God. As you rely on the Spirit, as God reveals to you how He has already worked in your life, how He is working in your life, how He's going to work 
in your life, you're going to trust more and more in Him. That He is going to provide for you. What you need, God has promised. He'll provide that. Maybe it's not everything we naturally want, but He is going to provide for us what we need. And as we realize that God is going to provide for us, that's going to lead us to be meek, to be gentle towards other people, because we won't feel the need to run them over to get to our goal. We won't feel the need to just move everyone out of the way so that we get what we want. Because we are trusting that God is going to do exactly what He promised. Which is to take care of us. Now, I, I wanted to say that uh, you know, I see there are many people here who come and they show meekness. They show gentleness. And that's a great and wonderful thing. We should be seeing that. But I don't want us to think that we've just arrived at that because we haven't. We all have strides that we can make in this. And so what is it going to look like for us to be meek? Alright, well, it's going to look like us considering others as more important than ourselves. That's going to be meek, going to be gentle. We are going to consider the needs of others as more important than our own. It looks like us forgiving people when they wrong us. That takes meekness. That takes gentleness to do that. Because our natural reaction when someone wrongs us is to wrong them, to get vengeance. That is not what we're called to do. We are called to forgive people. Someone who is meek, who is gentle with people, is going to do that. They are going to forgive people when they are wronged. This doesn't mean, though, that we're never going to correct anybody. It's not what being meek means. It doesn't mean that when we see a brother or sister in sin or they are sinning against us that we're just going to let them do their thing. That's not meekness. That's not being gentle with them. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, again uh, in Galatians 6, says that if anyone catches someone in a trespass, that those who are spiritual should restore them in a spirit of Gentleness. Again, same thing. Restore them in a spirit of gentleness. And again, when he's encouraging uh, his protege, Timothy, he encourages Timothy, if anybody is wrong, if anybody is caught in sin, how are you going to correct them? You're going to do it in gentleness. Alright, if you have ever been corrected by Joey... Sorry, Joey. <laughs> Joey had no idea this was coming. Joey has a very meek and gentle way of correcting people. And I know this because I have both seen him do it and I've been on the receiving end of it. All right? But I have known when Joey is correcting me, that he is doing it out of a spirit of meekness. He is doing it because he loves me. And so... Meekness is not never correcting anybody. Just when it needs to be done, doing it gently. Doing it loving that person. 
Okay, so we've talked about what does it mean to be meek? What does it look like us for it to be meek? But I don't want to leave off the last half of this verse. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Hey, we are not being meek for no reason. All right? God has called us to be meek, and there is also this promise with it. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So we have to have a mindset looking at the future, looking at what God has promised, because it's not always going to be easy in the moment to be meek. I'm also glad that it's a future, um, that it's a, a future thing because when I kind of look at the earth now, I see a problem with the earth. And that problem is that there is sin. Look at what the earth looks like now. It is polluted. There is all sorts of deforestation and destruction of habitat. But worse than that, there are people everywhere who are sick. There are people everywhere who are dying, who are mourning. That's not something we want to inherit. Those are things we would rather not inherit, as a matter of fact. I shared with you earlier about my mom's uh, father's estate. And uh, when things were finally starting to come to a close almost 10 years, unfortunately, after my grandfather died, my mom was set to inherit one of his houses. It's in a very nice suburb of Tulsa, Oklahoma, right downtown in the suburb, a great place to be. However, the people who had been living in it during this time uh, had a lot of animals. I don't mean like five or six. I mean like 25 or 30 animals living in this house. And by the time my mom got down there and looked at it and had an inspector come, that home was now worthless. It needed to be torn down and started over. I said, I don't want that for an inheritance. That's not a blessing. It's going to be more money to tear it down. Uh, property's cheap in Oklahoma, right? It's going to be more money to tear it down than this property is worth, actually. So through some workings and everything that had to happen, it ended up that my mom inherited a piece of property still in the same community, but there was no house on it at all. In fact, it was a very beautiful piece of land. Uh, I played on it a lot as a, a little kid with a very nice wooded area in back, right in the middle of a very nice neighborhood. And I said, that is something I want to inherit. That is a beautiful thing. And in a similar but much greater way, that is the earth that the meek that those whose faith is in Jesus will inherit. I'm going to read a verse that Joey read last week, but it's a beautiful verse. It's Revelation 21. It's a set of verses 1-4. through Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. 
And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. New earth. Where there is no death, no sadness, no pain, in which God dwells with us. That is the earth that the meek, those whose faith is in Jesus, will inherit. And with that wonderful, wonderful image in mind, I want to say Matthew 5 5 one more time. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. 